Hello, my community. Welcome to our sub-series of Instructional Ecology. These micro-episodes examine tiny gems from our FSL Common Read book this academic year, Relationship-Rich Education, by Peter Felton and Leo M. Lambert. Maybe this week's episode will get you thinking differently about how we're doing things at the college right now and how we might do things in the future. Tuck these ideas into your mind. Let them sift down into the rich soil of your thoughts where new ideas and ways of being begin to take root. Let's take a moment to connect with the reading. These are Sustainable Connections. We're getting into chapter two titled, Why is this so hard? Which interrogates the difficulties of creating relationship-rich education in higher ed. Today, I'd like to look at a few bits and pieces that add up to important barriers for students, our institutional assumptions and jargon. I feel like these are especially relevant at an open enrollment college where students have a broad range of familiarity with higher education norms and language. On page 47, the authors note, quote, because they have become higher education insiders, faculty and staff often don't even notice their own implicit assumptions or use of jargon. As Anthony Jack has observed, when professors mention office hours, often only on the first day of classes, they tell students when office hours are. They almost never say what they are, unquote. The term office hours seems transparent. They are hours when a professor is present in their office, ready to assist students. But Jack's observation right away derails this assumption. For many students, especially first-generation college students who don't have a community preparing them for higher ed, office hours can seem mysterious and forbidding. Are office hours when the professor is grading or doing unknowable professor work that shouldn't be interrupted? They're in there, yes, but are they in there for me, the student wonders. Should I bother this important person and take up their time with my dumb or unimportant questions? Should I knock if the door is closed? Is it a bad sign if they close the door behind me? What if they know that I don't belong here and I betray myself by talking to them, calling attention to myself? A cascade of uncertainty around undefined terms ends up keeping students away from the time and place where they could seek needed help, confirmation, and targeted support. In an interesting related discovery, the authors find that while students avoided office hours, which many of them could very much use, they embraced the automation of question asking. On page 45, the authors discovered that, quote, Timothy Rennick, Senior Vice President for Student Success at GSU, notes that many students prefer to ask questions of the chatbot because they know that no one will be judging them. The fear of being seen as an imposter runs deep, unquote. The chatbot will only know what it is taught by its programmers, so its help is fairly circumscribed. But the bot will tell no tales will make no judgmental remark or facial expression, or remember the identity of the asker. In an interesting irony, the chatbot is unrelational and inhuman, and yet 
it feels humane to students in the grip of imposter syndrome and uncertain about what is okay to ask and who to talk to. These examples seem like small things, but the authors anticipate that dismissal. On page 48 to 49, they address this directly. Quote, some of the concerns we heard may seem like minor issues, but when students already feel ashamed and wonder if they are imposters, even small misunderstandings and tacit cues can reinforce the internal narrative that I don't know what I'm doing and I don't belong here. Research on shame demonstrates that such doubts can quickly produce a form of learned helplessness, convincing students that they are bound to fail before they even begin. Imposter syndrome also has troubling correlations with anxiety, depression, and psychological distress among undergraduates. In short, students who experience college as a place and time of fear and shame are less likely than their peers to build the kinds of student-student and student-faculty and student-staff relationships that nurture belonging, success, and well-being, unquote. More reasons why this is so hard. I know we're itching to begin to find some solutions, but this chapter of the book emphasizes that it's important to take this time to look at the problems and grapple with them before we begin to make it all better. How else can we find solutions that actually address the issues? It's hard and we sit with it, face it, think it through. Today's readings don't tell us that what we do is wrong, but what we do do is specialized, and we have to find a way to make truly transparent things we already have great comfort with. That's all for this micro episode. Have you seen higher ed assumptions and jargon working against student connection or understanding? I'd love to know. Email me at h-o-u-l-e-c at midlandstech.edu if you'd like to share a response to today's thinking. Our next Zoom book discussion will be January 20th. And don't forget, if you're curious for more, you can access the ebook for free through the MTC Library website. This is the last of our Sustainable Connections for 2022. We'll be back in January with the last of Chapter 2 and beginning Chapter 3. And December 13th will be the last of our Instructional Ecology episodes for 2022, and it's a great one. So we hope you'll listen in to our final story of this season. Let's connect again in the new year.